Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hello and welcome to this episode of Scattered. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 40. Last week we looked at chapter 39 where Uh, Joseph was in Potiphar's house and he was convicted of something that he didn't do and ended up in prison. This week we're looking at chapter 40. Could one of you give us a summary of the chapter? Sure. So Joseph's still in prison in this chapter. He's innocent and yet he's been there a while and he's joined by a cupbearer and a baker. They've committed some kind of crime which isn't named here. Um, but interestingly, the word used for what they've done is, is the same as the word used for when Joseph chose not to sin against Potiphar. So they, they have done something wrong um, and they're waiting in prison uh, for their kind of judgment from Pharaoh. Um, Joseph is looking after them. The captain of the guard has put Joseph kind of in charge of them. Um, So he's looking after them and they both have these dreams and Joseph interprets their dreams. And we see that one is destined to be restored to his former position and one is going to be put to death, both three days later. And then Joseph, at the uh, during his kind of uh, interpreting of the dreams, he asked the cupbearer to remember him. But sadly, like at the very end of the chapter, we hear that the cupbearer doesn't remember Joseph. He goes back to his job. Uh, The baker is put to death, but the cupbearer does not remember Joseph. Yeah, so clearly we see in this chapter that compared to Joseph, the cupbearer and the baker have committed an offence against the king of Egypt. In this passage, there's also a part where Joseph expresses his innocence. What can we see about um, Joseph's character here in um, in the chapter, despite being innocent? I was really struck by the fact that he's innocent and yet he's in this prison. And yes, he's got the favour of the chief guard. But if that was me, I just think the danger would be to just be focused on myself and how unjust this was and how can I plan and plot to get out of this situation. And yet I was really struck that in verse 6, he's really looking out for this cupbearer and this baker. And he's not self-focused, but he's prepared to serve. And that he sees that they were looking troubled that particular morning. And so he pursues them and says, hey guys, what's going on? You're not yourselves this morning. And that's how they then share the dream with him. And I find that so, yeah, such a helpful model of don't... um, throw a pity party Jill when life's not going the way that it should in your mind but looking out for others and how you can bless and serve and what an amazing example Joseph is of um I guess trusting God's got a purpose even though he can't see it and even though it's not fair and so he's looking out for who he can be blessing yeah because he easily could have looked back to his previous experience of dreams and what they might mean and thought okay I'm not going to touch this with a barge pole because last time it went wrong for me and it could get me in loads of trouble and instead he says doesn't he in verse eight do not interpretations belong to God tell me your dreams he's like okay I'm going to open myself and be vulnerable Mm. and yeah I think that's that's a really great quality of Joseph Mm. yeah and as well he's really good isn't he at this is God's work and God's God's allowing me to tell you the dream but it's God that's the interpreter not me he's 
Mm. We talked about it a bit last week, but I guess because he's been humbled again and again in his circumstances, that reflects in his heart now, doesn't it? That he's he's quick to give God the glory, that it's God that interprets dreams, not, hey, Joseph, the I'm the man type of attitude. Mm. Yeah, and so God has given the cupbearer and baker dreams. What do you think was the purpose of these dreams that were given to them? I guess the big picture purpose, like, is that Pharaoh eventually finds out, doesn't he, that there's a man in prison who can interpret dreams. And so I think big picture, God is using the plight of these guys to eventually reveal to Pharaoh that God's man's in prison and can help him. Yeah, I was struck by that. We've got these two dreams, haven't we? We've got one uh, where the cupbearer has a good outcome. He's, you know, in three days time, you're going to be freed. Um, And then we've got one with the baker where he's going to be killed in three days. So you kind of, we know that that's going to come true. But for Joseph, can you imagine those three days? That's a long time to sit and think about that um, for those two people, but also for Joseph to be like, am I right? So yeah, it's it's really big, isn't it? Because we know that this uh, ability to interpret dreams is going to be really important in the next chapter. So it's a bit of drama that we kind of don't really think about when we know the end of the story already. The other Mm. thing it really struck me was how hard it must have been for Joseph to be a truth teller to the baker. You know, he's Mm. it's lovely to tell the cupbearer, isn't it? Oh, it's going to go well for you. You're going to be restored. But it's really hard, isn't it, to tell the truth when it's not what somebody wants to hear. And I just thought, again, you see here, don't you? God preparing Joseph in almost in like a a small situation to be a truth teller and to bear that responsibility of government that we know is coming. And so I just Mm. thought, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, to tell the truth when it's not a good truth? I did wonder as well, like in those three days where the baker was basically facing his own mortality and knowing that, you know, if this dream sayer is is right, then I'm going to die in three days. You just wonder, don't you, whether was that a mercy of God that Joseph was there with him in that time? What did he say to him? Um, Did he share about God with him? I mean, we don't know. It's all speculation. But I do wonder what happened in those three days and whether in some way Joseph was able to bring real and lasting comfort um, to the baker and whether the baker went to his death, trusting in God or not. I do wonder. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that God's kind, isn't he? Like he does warn us, like there is a coming judgment and he is a God who warns. And Mm. I mean, you would have thought he would have put it in if it was important. So it's not, but yeah, I do wonder. And we, and we touched on that last week with the blessing that was like first given to Abraham, that God will bless those through you. And we've seen how Joseph has blessed Potiphar in his house and how Joseph has been given so much responsibility in prison. And like you said, you know, this is God's word to uh, the cupbearer and to, to the baker. And it seems like, you know, God is continuing to use Joseph to bless others around him. Another thing that struck me was he trusts God. Yeah, we know he trusts God and that he's faithful. But also when he has a chance to change his circumstances, he takes it. He's not kind of fatalistic, like I'm in prison and I'm here now. And, you know, God's going to have to send his angels to get me out. He uses an opportunity. I just thought that was interesting. I think, 
using our wisdom as well as trusting God is the thing to do. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive, are they? I think it's easy for us to think, I can't do anything in this situation apart from pray. But yeah, it's hard to know though, isn't it? When you're manipulating a situation and when you're being wise, that's, I find that really Totally. How do you think we can better discern when we're being manipulative or? I guess it's how... I guess it's how committed, like, where's your heart resting? Is your heart resting in your scheme or is your heart resting in God's? Yeah. How, how committed are you to it going your way? Do you see what I mean? Mm. Like in your heart, mm. how tightly are you holding on to this is my plan and this must work? Um, and I guess a little bit like we were thinking about at church on Saturday, the anxiety that that produces, that desire to control the situation with your plan is con- is a contrast, isn't it, with Joseph that trusted God primarily but was prepared to take opportunities where he could. Looking more at um, the character of Joseph, how is, how is Joseph here like a type of a Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah I was I was reflecting on this. I mean I guess him being the uh, the innocent man in prison amongst the guilty and speaking the word of God to them. It really reminded me of the cross because there was an innocent man between two guilty men, weren't there? And, you know, those two guilty men on the cross, one of them had good news and one of them refused the offer of salvation. And so hmm. I just thought that was a, it's a little picture, isn't it, of Joseph as the, in some ways, the saviour with these two men. Hmm. And yet also there's a huge contrast, isn't there? Because Joseph is unable to save these men himself. Um, he can proclaim the truth to them, but he can't save them. And yet Jesus himself was the means by which people could be saved. So, yeah, all, all at once you kind of get these little, I guess that's what a type of Christ is meant to be, isn't it? It's meant to be these little snippets pointing forward to Jesus. Um, but also, you know, these were fallible human men um, in the Old Testament. We really are waiting for this perfect saviour. Um, and it just points to that, doesn't it? The other thing I thought of was, you know, where he says, like we've said in verse 14, remember me when you're restored. And that reminded me as well as the thief on the cross saying, remember me, Jesus, when you come. And the contrast as well, though, that Jesus doesn't forget, does he? Jesus never forgets. Whereas the cupbearer forgets in this moment. And what a beautiful picture that is of our heavenly father never forgets us. Yeah, one day God's son would be forgotten or forsaken so that we will never be. And um, what a great Mm. encouragement for us, no matter what our circumstances and no matter what suffering we're going through, that we are not forgotten. I really, in the story of Joseph, I do really enjoy the way that he does point us to Christ. But actually, I think as I was reading this, the contrast between Joseph and Jesus rather than the similarities were just as striking, aren't they? Because in this story, the innocent man is saved and the guilty one is punished. And yet the contrast with that with Jesus is that it's the guilty ones who are saved and it was the innocent one who was punished. Um, And I just... So it is great to look at Joseph, isn't it? And the way that he points us to Christ, but actually the differences between them are, are stark and are important in order for us to not be forgotten, in order for us to be 
safe in the knowledge that God is always with us, that that contrast has to happen. Mm. If we look at the cupbearer and the baker, how can um, what similarities do you notice with us and them? I was struck by how like the cupbearer I am, how quickly I forget, you know, how he's rescued and then he just goes about his life. He's like, great, I'm OK now. I don't need to remember this guy who did this thing for me, who helped me out. Yeah, I was really struck by how like him I am and how quickly I forget when things are going well. You know, how how much I read my Bible and pray and cling to biblical truths when things are when I'm struggling with things. But when things are going well for me, bang, I'm just I'm like, okay, thanks for that. Bye. I found that like I could relate quite a lot to the baker as well um in that he wanted to hear the blessings um rather than being convicted and how often do we like to hear like the good parts or the nice parts of scripture rather than hearing like what is that teaching me um or what do I need to change in my life or yeah what am I holding on to that I need to let go of yeah that it, I was thinking that as well Juliet that whole God's truth is always good news for us, isn't it? Even if it's uncomfortable and even if it brings conviction. And yeah, we don't always receive it that way, do we? If it um, shakes our world or, yeah, calls us to change. Mm. We, we'd covered this a couple of weeks ago, but it was written by Moses to the Israelites after they had just been rescued from slavery in Egypt. Um, what do you think Moses was teaching the Israelites through this chapter in Genesis? I was reflecting on the whole remembering thing. I think probably the way that in a period of time where Joseph probably often wondered what God was doing, we know, and the Israelites, as they listen to this story, would see that God hasn't forgotten Joseph. And I think it would have been really helpful for them to hear that because when you're in the wilderness for all those years, it just must have been really, really hard. Um, so looking back at times when there is evidence that God doesn't forget us, even when it's hard, he doesn't forget us. Um, he's doing stuff in the difficulty of it. I think that must have been encouraging to them. And helpful to point them towards the promises that have been made to them. You know, God keeps his promises. God is in control of everything even when things look like they're going completely wrong, even at this point in Joseph's story, when really we haven't even got to the end yet with that famous line about, um, you know, what you intended for bad, God intended for good. There's not, we haven't even reached that point yet. And even yet, even now we can see little things about how, um, how God is at work and God is in control and, you know, Joseph is in the position he's in now because God has ordained it. But the rest, the whole of the rest of Joseph's life leading up to now has brought him to the point where he can gain favor with people. You know, he is the way he is because of where he was born, how he was raised, how God made him. And that's why he got favor with Potiphar and then why he will end up being able to do the things that he will do because God has controlled every tiny thing in his life to make it so. And when you're in the wilderness and you can't see an end to it, and you know whether this is before or after the golden calf and they're told um, that they'll, you know, 
that that generation are told, aren't they? You will never see the promised land. Whether it's whether these people are reading it before or after, they need to know this truth, don't they? They need to know God is in control and what is happening is for our good. For me, like in, in difficult times, just, just saying to myself, God has not forgotten me. God remembers me. Like, isn't that just such a huge privilege that like the God of the universe remembers us, not just in mm. our difficulties and, and sufferings, which are hard, but also he remembers us and rescues us from our sin. And we see that over and over again in the Bible. And we can look at our own lives and see how over and over again he has been with us and he has remembered us it's like a you know it should be our chance you know god remembers me he has not forgotten like when we're going through difficult times it's what we should encourage our friends with and i guess as well joseph's such a good example isn't he of our, his circumstances don't dictate whether or not he god's favor is upon him and it, yeah time and again god's favors with him in the prison or in the worst of circumstances and I just think it's so hard for us to not interpret our circumstances, isn't it? As when life's going well, that's God's favour. And this is such a good heart kick up the bum, isn't it? To say your circumstances are not the defining factor of whether God's favour is upon you or not. And also mm. a good example of not whining when you don't get what you want. Like in this story, well, I mean, he might have done, but the Bible doesn't record it. But in this story... Joseph has no idea of his destiny. He has no idea where he's going to end up. And yet here he is interpreting the future of two people who have probably done something wrong to end up in prison. You know, there's a question of whether or not they were part of an assassination plot. And yet we don't have a record, at least, of Joseph going, why do I get to tell these people that it's, you know, where their destiny is? And yet I have no idea of my own. Why are you doing this for them, God, and not for me? Um, mm. You know, it's easy as well when we look at our own circumstances to get swayed, isn't it? But also I think when you look at others, that sort of jealousy, um, uh, longing after, the grass is always greener, you know. Mm. What God has for them, clearly that's what I want because it's clearly better for me. And what God is giving me is not enough I think we need to be careful of that too I was wondering if you guys thought much about the dreams and how important dreams were in well in the whole of this story and whether these days we have gone too far in the other direction and don't ever really or hardly ever really think about our dreams I wondered if any of you thought about that I thought about it a bit actually this week because um I'm doing a counseling course and the psych like the the we're reading a secular psycho psychotherapist who's like top of his game and he's all about dream interpretation and then the um christian guy that's running the course said what do we make of that you know do we read that and think i i, I could never be like that i could never have such a certainty about what those dreams mean and he was really interesting and he said in the old testament dreams are the clear defined revealed word of god in the new testament there's hardly any mention of dreams and so he would go to that big bit at the beginning of Hebrews that says in the past, in various ways, God spoke to us. But now, because Jesus has come, there's a change in how we hear God's word. Um, not that God can't speak through dreams, but that this guy was saying to us, I don't think we need to get our knickers in a twist about dreams because it's not the primary way that we hear God speak. 
which felt quite liberating to me. Although, mm. doesn't it say in the last day, it, you know, it should be that your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I mean, I don't know if that, I'd, I'd kind of like that just struck me when we were thinking about dreams. Um, do you think it's as clear, mm. as clear black and white as we shouldn't ever think about dreams anymore? Or do you think we should engage more with it than that? I, I, I know that in some countries, some people have had dreams and those dreams have led them to the word of God. In those circumstances, you know, you can't really say those dreams weren't given to them from, from God. Yeah, I think the difference is that um, the dreams that we get aren't the definitive word of God, but dreams might bring us towards him, to his word, and yeah. his word is the authoritative measure. Yeah, and I think, you know, when it comes to dreams, you can take your, you can pick and choose your passages that you want to look at because in Jeremiah it also says that false prophets will use dreams to add weight to their message so I think you know you have to be careful I think that the bible uh, or God in the bible speaks twice as often to unbelievers through dreams as to believers it's important to remember not every dream is a, a revelation from God I would put it similar to other spiritual gifts you're not in isolation. You know, even here, there's somebody who has a dream and then it's interpreted appropriately. Um, you don't have to be sort of receiver and judge. You can share, you know, I've, I've received this dream. I don't, it's, it's got to me. I don't know what you think. Do you think this could be something significant? What is this pointing me towards? Mm. Um, thanks, ladies. That seems like a great place for us to stop. Uh, we look forward to you joining us next week. Bye. 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 Bye.